This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Angela Cocott, live on location at Mill Street Brew Pub. Our patio tour continuing. Every couple of weeks, we check out a different patio in Calgary. And we are on the lovely patio of Mill Street Brew Pub. They've been around for about seven months. And the cool thing is, is if you've ever seen Mill Street in the liquor store when you're making your brewing choices, they are actually brewing it right here on site. And then they've got a great restaurant connected with it. And we're on 17th Avenue and 2nd Street Southwest. So... The building the restaurant in has a great connection to Calgary's past. And we're going to find out more about the historical building. We'll find out about the brew pub throughout the afternoon. But uh, right now, we're enjoying the lovely weather. A little breezy, yes. Nothing like it was yesterday. And nothing like what Red Deer experienced later today as well at 5.15. We're going to catch up with the reporter in Red Deer just to find out how extensive the damage was when that uh, wind picked up incredibly in that community. I want to talk, though, this hour. And it's a hot topic because... It was a few years back. We remember how crazy Calgary's housing market was. And a lot of people were getting in quickly and wondering if that was the right time to buy. A lot of young people now still figuring out when is the right time to buy. We've seen prices soften in Calgary over the last couple of years. We've seen interest rates stay extremely low. But is it the right time to buy? And is buying always the right option? I know when I brought up this topic in the past, we've had uh, great input from listeners saying whether or not they would decide to rent or buy and some of the, the challenges that that comes with. But I want to set the conversation up with Joy D'Souza. She's a producer, editor, and lifestyle writer for HuffPost Canada. She joins us today. Hello, Joy. Hi, Joy. Can you hear me? Let's see. Joy, are you on the air? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now, Joy. I just think uh, we're just making a connection there. Joy, thanks so much for joining us. And as I mentioned, you're with HuffPost Canada, and I I enjoyed your article on HuffingtonPost.ca earlier this week talking about the decision you had to make in buying a condo. Can you give me a little bit of background? Because I think a lot of young people, they have to make that decision to buy or to rent. But you had... A little bit of extra pressure in this decision. Tell me your story. Yeah, that's right. So for me, um, I had rented while I was in university. But when I came back to my parents' house, I was kind of given this proposition that you just don't rent. You either buy on your own or you buy once you're married. And at the time, I was single and I couldn't you know, fathom moving back home after being on my own for so long. So I really debated a long time about, you know, whether or not I should, you know, stand up to my parents and say, no, I'm just going to rent because this is what I want to do. Or if I listen to them and save my money and tried to buy my own place, which I eventually did. You, you did that, and, and you're probably not different than a lot of other young people who listen to their parents' advice, and some would probably say, no, don't get into the market now, or others would say, you're right, this is a huge investment for you. But as a young person, why was that a hard decision for you to make when you had to make this choice of saving up to buy your first home? 
Well, I mean, the big part for me was that I didn't want to disappoint my parents, you know, especially coming as a child of an immigrant family. You know, you're raised having lots of respect towards your parents. They've made so many sacrifices for you. You don't want to do anything that they would think is incorrect. Um, and for my parents, one of that, that big thing was renting a property because as far as my dad was concerned, you just weren't going to save enough money. There was no way that you could both rent and save to eventually own your own home. And for him, that was the end goal, to always own your own property. Um, for me, I mean, I I didn't necessarily agree with that. I looked around quite a bit. Um, but in the end, I, I did end up agreeing with him, and I ended up saving and purchasing in Toronto. In Toronto. And, Joy, I'm glad you pointed that out because Toronto has been an incredibly hot market for a, lot of, a long time. And I think that probably also is part of your decision because you're you're going to be buying in such an overheated market did did that concern you as far as is this the right time do i wait for prices to go down a bit absolutely i looked around quite a bit um and i i did end up purchasing in an area that was an up-and-coming market so it wasn't as expensive as living right downtown and more on the west end um but i remember looking at some places that were at least 150000 over my budget point that were significantly smaller than what I ended up getting. Um, and I just, I was shocked. And I kept on thinking, there's no way that I can possibly afford to spend this much and get a place. And then I lucked out and ended up finding one. But what surprises me now is that, you know, those prices that I thought were ridiculous back then are even higher now. So in a way, I do feel lucky that I bought in when I did. Now, the difference here, though, is you were, as you say, living with your parents. When you finished university, they allowed you to come home, but only on the condition that you were saving with the ultimate goal of buying a house. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And so, you, I mean, that, that's a big help then, because a lot of people are trying to save money and are still in a situation where they're also having to rent. Absolutely. I mean, I honestly believe that I probably would not be able to have afforded my place, even though I was working multiple jobs, if I didn't have the support of not only my parents, but also my sister. So I had lived with my parents straight out of school, and then my sister ended up in the same situation. She also graduated university and wanted to move out, but couldn't, waited until she could buy a place, and she thankfully, for me at least, bought a two-bedroom condo so she let me live with her for what was supposed to just be one year and then ended up being a little bit more until I could afford my own. Joy how long was that period of having to save before you could have a down payment for a condo in Toronto? I mean I have been working part-time jobs here and there since I was 15 years old. I got a full-time job straight out of university and saved all of that time. So even what I paid for university, I fortunately came out without debt and managed to just keep on saving until I went, uh, until I bought my place. So I'd, I'd say it was probably close to 10 years, to be honest. Wow. 
So your advice to, and and you're in your mid to late 20s, am I giving anything away here? That's right. Yep. No, that's correct. Your advice to other millennials who are trying to make that decision, and if they're in a situation great where they can actually save money while living at home, but are are you saying it's it's the, the right thing to do? Ah, that's a tricky one. You know, a couple of friends have asked me if they should buy or if they shouldn't. I recently told a friend who didn't take my advice. She ended up buying her own place. But I told her to stay home for a bit longer and keep on saving because the market is just so high. I can't imagine spending, you know, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars on a one-bedroom condo. So, wow. I, you know, I think everyone's got to make their own decisions yeah. for themselves. And and in the end, you're glad you did it. But uh, I wanted to just say one thing or share one line that you had in your column in the Huffington Post. You said, I waited another year, saved up a little more, purchased my own one-bedroom condo in 2015, a mere week before my 27th birthday. I was terrified and cried on the night of my closing. Why were you terrified? I just wasn't sure if I was able to do it. I, I mean, I knew I had the money in the bank. I, you know, everybody had, everything had been approved, but I just didn't want to get in over my head. I didn't want to be house poor. Um, and I didn't want to end up having to admit failure and end up moving back home one day with this shame of having purchased, but not be able to carry a mortgage. Well, you know what? Great perspective. Joy, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. You bet. Joy D'Souza, she is a producer, editor, and lifestyle writer for Huffington Post Canada. And as I mentioned, her column is in HuffingtonPost.ca. After the break, though, I, I want to get that perspective because I think that is, it ultimately comes down to an individual's choice. But I, I do feel for millennials or anyone who's trying to make the decision of, should I continue to rent? Should I, am I able to even save? How long is it taking? You know, Joy mentioned it was uh, 10 years of constantly saving and thinking about purchasing your own property. And as she said, cultural, because her father said, as an immigrant, you come here and you do all you can to be able to own your own property. So I want to talk with uh, someone from the University of Calgary's Haskane School of Business. It's the Westman Centre for Real Estate Studies. I will uh, check in with her after this. And we are talking about a big decision in our life. Probably the biggest investment you'll ever make is buying your home. Is it a smart decision, especially what we've seen in the market in the last few years from highs to lows? I mean, my guest in the last uh, segment, she's from Toronto, and I can't imagine even trying to buy anything in Toronto. But she was just saying, as a young person, she faced pressure from her parents, and they were immigrant parents, but I think a, a lot of young people would have similar stories of parents saying, yes, you've got to buy, you've got to buy. But is it always the right cho- choice? Rather, Jody Gondick is an adjunct professor, University of Calgary's Haskane School of Business, joins us today. Hello, Jody. Hello, Angela. How are you? I'm well. And, and Jody, the reason I wanted you on was I know you have been with the uh, Westman Center for Real Estate Studies. So I, I wanted to pick your brain from that angle. You're okay with that? Absolutely. Jody, and maybe it's because you were involved in the real estate study, so I, I, I wouldn't. I, I'd like to think you still have a, a good perspective on either side. But when when people say, "Is renting better, worse than buying?" What are what's your answer to that? 
You know, it's kind of interesting. There's uh, a little bit of a back and forth going on on Twitter right now about renters versus owners. And some of the research that I looked at when I sat on the Calgary Planning Commission was that renters actually make great neighbors because their interests have to do with community building, whereas homeowners tend to focus on issues that impact their property values. So to kick off that conversation, I'd just like to say that renters add a great deal of value to our neighborhoods. Oh, okay. That's that's a different way of looking at it because I know I've got listeners who are saying, oh, I can't stand having renters around me. But you're saying they're looking at more of a neighborhood as a whole as opposed to a homeowner who is looking more at their own property. Absolutely. And the, the thing about renters, too, is let's not forget, it's generally a transitional point in life for many people. They rent so they can save up to own. And I think sometimes we get to a point where we forget a lot of us rented before we became homeowners. Oh, no, I've heard that oftentimes from my listeners. They forget that they were once renters as well. But how difficult is it? And I I know this depends on the market. But for someone to be able to save while they're renting? You know, it's interesting because even while people own, they're sometimes putting themselves in a position of spending more than what we've deemed is the appropriate amount for shelter. So I, I got a little bit nerdy and I looked up some stats for you. And it indicates that 59% of homeowners who have a mortgage, uh, or 59% of homeowners have a mortgage, but 83% of those people exceed our affordable threshold, which means they're paying more than 30% of their income on shelter. So while we do say that, you know, you should save up and be a homeowner, once you become a homeowner, you tend to get in a little bit deeper than you expected to. And when you're talking about getting in a little bit deeper, is this just the extra cost that some people, before they become homeowners, aren't aware of? Yeah, a lot of times people will forget that you've got to pay property taxes, there's going to be upkeep, Um, sometimes there's uh, condo or homeowners association fees. There's just a lot of things that factor into homeownership that uh, end up popping up after you've purchased. It's funny, Jody, because my father, he was a big believer in having some property. But when I was younger, he said, owning isn't all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes renting, it's not a bad thing because if something goes wrong, at least it's the landlord you can phone to say this needs fixing or you're in charge of this maintenance as opposed to the property owner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my parents were the same way. They they were immigrants to Canada, and uh, they were homeowners. And their big push was for me to become a homeowner, but both of them said, do it at a time that you can afford it. So save up for it. But, you know, don't do it in spite of everything else. All right. So following on your parents' advice, do it when you can afford it. What kind of formula is out there for young people or people who are thinking of getting in the housing market for what they have to be able to have to do it while they can afford it? Oh, you know what? There's, I think everybody's got their own formula for how to figure it out. You'll, yeah. you'll hear the people say you need to tighten your belt and not go out for dinner. And you, do you really need that, uh, you know, extra dessert to go with your meal? You could be saving up that way. You know, then there's the people that say, look at the whole package. And I think that's one thing we tend to forget. We look at housing on its own instead of looking at income and expenditure to live our daily lives. So we sometimes don't factor in what it's going to cost to own a vehicle, put gas in it, register it, have insurance, and the time that we spend getting from, you know, 
point A to point B. We forget about groceries. We don't factor all of those things into how we need to exist daily. We only focus on the house. And focus on, like, even going back to the vehicle analogy. So focus on that car's going to be 18000 I've got to just save up that money to be able to buy that car without realizing there's all those other costs that are going to be incurred. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you think of uh, the other question is, is now a good time to buy? I, I look at what's happened in Calgary's real estate market over the last couple of years. And we were at incredible highs, and Jody, you'd remember them well, and now we're seeing softening. So when someone asks you, with your expertise, your background, what would your answer be? You know, every individual circumstance is different, and I would encourage everyone to think about where they're at in terms of their employment, their family, a lot of different circumstances. And you know what, I'm, I'm just going to give you a couple of my thoughts on why it's sometimes better to rent and why people are in fact choosing to rent. I mean, homes used to be our biggest, if not our only asset, and we have many more and different savings vehicles and asset building mechanisms now that we didn't have in the past. Um, and jobs are much more precarious than they used to be. You don't necessarily have a long-term position. Sometimes you have contracts. You don't know if they're going to get extended. Uh, you don't know when you're going to get transferred. And a lot of times you don't have something that ties you to a job like a pension. And let's not forget that with the global economy and technology, it's possible for us to work very differently than we did a few decades ago. And your work may take you away from home for long periods of time, which doesn't make ownership feasible. And, you know, this is something that's it's hard to quantify, but I, I do want to express it. We've got a generation that's not tied to location, and they can explore where they really want to establish roots or if they even want to put down roots. So it's just a different time. Yeah, and you know what? I just read an article, and I'm going to expand on it in the next half hour. And it does come from Toronto, where they're really pushing the high density. But uh, one of the planners in that city is saying, we've got to rethink what we live in. Our parents, a lot of our parents grew up in farms, and then they went to suburbs. Mm -hmm. And now people are going from suburbs to higher density. Like, the, it's, it's always changing. And so you can throw that into the mix, too, just the way the definition of home has changed so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people, as they're getting to different stages in their life, it used to be aging in place meant staying in the home that you raised your family in. Now, aging in place for a lot of people that are approaching retirement may mean staying in the same city, but going to a different point, maybe moving out of the suburbs, going towards a more central location. So the way we're living is dramatically different than it was in the past. Jody, as always, uh, I really appreciate your expertise in this. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Bye. You bet. Jody Gondick. She is an adjunct professor, University of Calgary's Haskane School of Business, but she uh, did spend a time with the uh, real estate studies at the UFC as well. want to open up the phone lines to you and the text, 403-974-8255. I liked some of Jody's arguments. And are, are you rethinking the way uh, real estate is for you? I, I know a lot of my listeners our homeowners, but a lot of other ones are making that decision whether or not they should be a homeowner. Is now the time to buy? Let's talk about that after this. We are talking about 
home ownership or home renting? What is the best decision? And my guest in the last half hour, I think uh, some things up. First of all, it just depends where you are in your life. And I think that's so important. But I know when I was growing up and then when I became a young adult, my parents were the same thing. It's all about home ownership. But things, as Jody mentioned, have really changed. And uh, I'd love to hear from people who either have changed their views on home ownership, are trying to save to own a home, if they're even deciding maybe this isn't the time. 403-974-8255. And I am live on location at Mill Street Brew Pub. Just wanted to fit that in in case you're just joining us and wondering, is that a hurricane happening behind Angela? It's a little breezy. However, the sun is shining on the patio, and that's all that matters. 403-974-8255. Let's start with the phone calls. Hi, Ethan. Hello, uh I'm 25 years old and from Alberta. If I am going to buy a $500,000 house, I would like I would need to take out either a 25, 30 or 35 year mortgage. My interest rate would be based on the size of my um, down payment, I think, between 10% of the total cost or 25. And yeah. if I take the full 30 years to pay off my mortgage, I will have paid as much for the house in interest rate as I would for the original purchase. So my opinion is, or what I'm considering, is just paying the $500 renting a month and taking that additional $500, which would, you know, $1,000 mortgage, and just continuing to save that up, as opposed to spending that $500 just paying off my interest rate and then slowly paying off $500 a month, you know, to uh, actually pay off the house. And then eventually, as I save up that additional $500 in 10 years, I might be able to put a much larger down payment and uh, pay off the house house as quick as possible because it's unreasonable to pay off a 30-year mortgage and be paying off as much interest rate to the bank as you did for the original house purchase. Yeah. Ethan, and I'm glad you've kind of broken it down that way. And and Jody even mentioned that, that there are now other investment tools, so to speak, that are out there. Uh, You know, we've got the TFSAs that uh, instead of sinking it into a mortgage at this point, if you're not able to put down a huge down payment, you could be doing the TFSAs and then saving that for that first time home purchase. So that's a great way of looking at it. And um, you've spelled it out fairly well. So that's the that's the route you're going then. Uh, well, ideally, I guess we'll see 10 years from now if, uh, or where I end up and where life takes me, but it's just, uh, I have a hard time stomaching paying $500,000 to the bank in addition to $500,000 just to pay off the house. Yeah, and uh, probably someone's listening saying, uh, can you rent someplace for $500 a month? That's, that's sounds pretty low Well, in Lethbridge and with roommates, yeah, but, okay. you know. Uh, Ethan, uh, I'm glad to hear from... I could have roommates and uh, I only pay about $500, $600 a month. And one more before I get to the other phone calls. I I like the fact that you said, who knows where I'm going to be? And I I think that was my guest in the last half hour, Jody, saying that uh, young people nowadays are so much more mobile as well. And maybe they don't want to be tied down to home ownership for that reason. Well, yeah, trying to find employment is tough right now. So you got to take it where you get it. Ethan, thanks so much for the call. Thank you, Pipe. 403-974-8255. 
403-974-8255. Yeah, sure enough, a text just came in. Where is he going to rent in Calgary for 500 a month? Ethan, though, is calling from Lethbridge. And he also said, you know, it's Lethbridge and I'd be taking on a few more roommates. So, and, and you know what? Those are sometimes the sacrifices you have to make as you look down the road as opposed to just short term. 403-974-8255. Uh, let's get some more phone calls in here. Hi, Christine. Hi. How are you? What are your thoughts? I, I, I'm well, Christine. What are your thoughts when it comes to home ownership? Well, I commend uh, the young fellow that you just spoke to because uh, I'm on the other end. I'm in my 40s. I'll be 45. Um, I have already paid off one home, and then I took the, um, the equity, of course, that I had in that home and purchased a million-dollar-plus home here in Calgary. And now I'm regretting it because I was thinking that you know, I would uh, I would go ahead and use that as part of my retirement nest egg. And with the economy the way it's going, uh, and the volatility in the markets, uh, I know that I've already lost a hundred thousand dollars off the top of my investment. So yeah, he's doing the right thing. Christine, uh, thanks so much for sharing that perspective. But as you say, and I think a lot of people think you were doing the right thing. You, you paid off, used that equity, and then you're going to buy something bigger. But you're saying that even since you bought that million-plus home, you've seen uh, the prices go down. Um, absolutely. I had my house reappraised, so I purchased it at, say, $1.2 million, and I had it reappraised uh, by the bank. And I lost, uh, it was last fall, and I, I it came in at $1.1 so, you know, $100,000. I also had a property in Edmonton that I, um, I wound up wound up selling as well uh, because, again, the economy the way it has been. And uh, I lost uh, probably about thirty or 40000 off of that home as well. Uh, and that one was worth in and around. Uh, I paid, I, I took less than I paid for it when I sold it. So right now the volatility of the market is causing people like me uh, and people in my family who have made a lot of investments in real estate uh, to be turning these properties over. So a lot of people in my family uh, have real estate apartment buildings and so on, and they're um, they're unloading everything right now because of what's happening in Alberta. Christine, and one more thing, and this goes back to my conversation with Jody, is saying that things have changed from when, and you're much younger than me, but even then, the, the house was a huge investment. That was the one thing that your parents said you're going to make money on, you know, you can't go mm-hmm. wrong with real estate. But now there are other ways of saving for your future or building up a nest egg, and uh, I'm glad you shared your story. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, thanks for that. Hey, you bet. Uh, let me get in a few more texts here before I go back to the phone calls. Uh, one other person says, you know what? If you increase the payments by 10 to 15%, go to weekly or biweekly payments, you can pay off a 30-year mortgage in less than 15 years and save a ton of interest. Yeah, there it definitely. And anyone will tell you, you try to make as many payments as possible. I know any bank would love to make you feel like, oh, yeah. Don't take 30 years. Sure, I'm going to take 30 years. I'm going to try to do it as quickly as possible, if it's possible. Uh, Let's see here. Another one. Lyle says, I know a guy that owns, and I've got sun in my eyes, which isn't a bad thing when you're on location on a patio, but it says, I know a guy that owns 13 mil in properties he rents where he lives. Okay, Lyle, hopefully I read that number right, but I think he's saying a friend who, he owns 13 million in properties, and he rents. So here's a guy who has properties but still believes in renting as well. 403-974-8255. Let's take a break. We'll get back to the phone calls and I'll sort through the texts and share those with you after this. 
And Ethan, if you are still listening, you're getting lots of advice from uh, our texters. Uh, Ethan, one person says, if you can't afford a 500k mortgage, buy a 200k condo. Mortgages shouldn't be 30 or 35 years long. And and didn't they make a change to that? I, I haven't bought a mortgage for a while or, or looked into one. And then uh, Darcy saying, Ethan has done some great math. Unfortunately, he has based his calculations on today's interest rates, which are almost zero. No one knows what rates will be at in 10 years. Even if you percentage points makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, that definitely is it. And Gordy says, after you buy your house, hope to goodness that the banks aren't going to raise interest rates to 18%. Oh my God. Remember those days. Like they did in the early 80s. We lost our house when that happened. Yeah, it is hard to believe. We've got a a few generations that are saying, what? 18%? you got to be kidding. Let's get back to the phones. 403-974-8255. Hello, Sterling. Hey, Angela, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, how can I not be? The sun is shining. Uh, the patio is beautiful. What are your thoughts on renting versus owning? Well, I'm a, I'm a previous homeowner. I owned my house before I ended up having kids um, because I was fortunate enough to have some pretty good careers when I was younger. So I bought my first property. I did well on it. But as soon as you have kids and you have all those added and extra expenditures, it's pretty much impossible for me to be able to buy a home in the next 10 years, I'd almost say. I mean, you can never predict the future on what, you know, you'll be able to make. Yeah. But you look at all the expenses and renting versus owning. And my wife is from, from the Caribbean. Over there, you don't buy a house until you can actually pay for it all in full. Oh. So, you know, when it's... they got to be cheaper houses property, in the Caribbean. How expensive yeah. is the average home in the Caribbean? In the Caribbean I feel like I'm in the Caribbean right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to get a lakefront property, we could get one for $250,000. Wow. Which, but, yeah, so go back know, to that idea, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and me and my wife looked at it, and we're like, well, now that we have the kids, there's no way we're going to be able to afford a home within the city limits of Calgary. Yeah. You've got to look at more of those rural where, you know, like you said before, a lot of our parents grew up, which was farm, where you kind of work and, and you do that thing. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's been, you know, big investment. Whereas, you know, you look at my expenditures, rent and everything like that, yeah, it's over $3,000 a month after you add in all the bills, cars, insurance, all of that. Um, but Sterling, that's raising two kids. So, yeah, yeah, plus raising the kids. So having been a previous property owner and now you're renting, um, and, yeah. I, and you're saying it's going to be difficult to be a property owner again, but is renting such a bad thing? No. I've had no issues with with rent. Um because it's all it's all budget and what you can do like your previous caller said you can take the investment that you're not putting towards a mortgage and invest in more long-term retirement things which i think you know i'm 29 years old i don't know if my age demographic is very good at it um they weren't we weren't really necessarily trained to hey start doing your retirement savings now and if that ends up in 10 10 years you can just take that money out and go purchase property then but i really am of the belief if you can't put you know 50 percent down on a home it's probably not very cost-effective. Yeah, um, I think you, you raise a good point, and I know it always seems so tempting. Oh, I only need 10% on that home? No, <laughs> yeah. you save up as much as you can. You want to get that home in your ownership away from the bank as quickly as possible. Hey, Sterling, thanks for the uh, perspective. Thanks, Hazel. You bet. I'll uh, get to back to the phones, but hold on. Uh, one more text here. I bought my house 10 years ago, and it's worth 
fifteen thousand less than what I paid for. I know we, we've we've seen what's happened, and and it is all in timing, isn't it? Ah, uh, let's go back to the phones and say hi to Kathy. Kathy, how you doing? Kathy, are you there? Did I lose Kathy? Hello, Kathy. Hello. Hey, you're on hey. the air, Kathy. Must have been in a bit of dead air. No problem. Uh, um, I I think Ethan's got the right idea, um, but for gosh sakes, Ethan, don't pull the trigger too late on buying your first house. I um, bought my first house when I was 40, and I put a substantial down payment, not quite enough for the... Um, to, to uh, make it so that I didn't have to have that CMHC insurance on it, which yeah. also adds to the payment. Mm-hmm. And um, here I am sitting with a mortgage and I'm thinking about wanting to retire. So now I can't afford to retire because I've got this mortgage over my head. So Ethan, so, don't yeah. wait till you're 40 to buy your first home. <laughs> Kathy, thanks for this, and uh, I'm just going to hang up. I'm getting a bit of an echo, but um, Ethan, thanks for calling in because you're getting... Look at all this uh, wisdom you're getting from all our listeners. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Daniel. Daniel, are you there? Hi, Angela. Hi. What are your thoughts when it comes to owning versus renting? My son was 20 years old, went in and looked at the cheapest houses he could buy in old, mm-hmm. and one that he had... Uh, Three bedrooms in rent house and one in and yeah. his most just clear. He still has to pay the utilities on it. He's got a car. So Daniel, I, I, you're breaking up a bit, but um, I'm trying to understand. Did you say your son was 20 when you started looking at three bedroom homes in Okotoks? No, in old. Oh, old. Sorry, old. And so, what did he end up? Did he buy? He bought. Uh, yeah, he bought a place there and. He has some renters, and they just about pay the mortgage, and he has, um, all he has is utilities and his car payment. Hmm. And so he was able to put down 10% or? percent down is all. But uh, you, bro- you broke up there. How much percentage did he put down? 10%. 10%. But as you say, he's got roommates who are helping him with the mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. He plans well, to bought the place. Uh, Daniel, thanks for that. A lot of people say, you know, why are you paying your landlord's mortgage? You could get other people to pay yours. Daniel, thanks for the call. We've got more phone calls to get to, 403-974-8255, and some great texts coming in as well. But let's check traffic. 403-974-8255. couple of minutes left here, and we are talking about the whole idea of home ownership. Uh, one person says, my grandpa cautioned me not to spend so much on your house that you can't enjoy life with movies and dinners out, etc. And I think that's so important, too. Joy, in my last half hour, was saying that, you know, when it came to saving, she constantly was thinking, i got to keep saving for my house. i got to keep saving for my house. Let's squeeze in one more phone call here. Hi, Chris. Are you there, Chris? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Chris. Okay, I just people are missing the point of their rent is never going to go down. It's only going to go up. If you're a homeowner, every time you you go for your new mortgage, your 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 payment goes down. Chris, though, I don't know about that because I know when we had a hot market where we had 0.1 percent vacancy rate, it was very hard to find a decent place, right? The, because landlords were able to charge a lot. 
in the last couple of years, the friends I have who have kids who are renting are saying they now have the power. They go to the landlord and say, I'm thinking of moving. And the landlord is reducing the price. So I'm not sure, Chris, if that's true that the rent always goes up. It just depends what's happening in the market. Okay. Well, I have three rentals in Medicine Hat, and that's not the case. And you've never had to, yeah, okay, you're, maybe it's different than Calgary, but Calgary definitely, um, it's been changing. Okay, so anyways, it don't matter because they're paying your mortgage for you anyways. So even if you have to lower your rent a bit, your mortgage is still going down to your monthly payment less and less. Yeah, okay, Chris, uh, good perspective. Thanks for the call. Chris gets the last call on this. We're going to take a news break, and then we've got uh, Wine Wednesday coming up. Oh, and I think we're going to pair it with some food here at Mill Street Brew Pub. Looking forward to that. We're back after this. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott. Weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.